Welcome back to Enthusiastic Witter. I'm Christopher. And I'm Cody. And in this episode, we talk about The Social Dilemma, a documentary on Netflix that talks about uh, social media and kind of how that impacts people's lives and uh, a lot about like misinformation that's spread on the internet and uh, a whole bunch of other things. So grab your popcorn. It's going to be a great episode and let's get into it. Okay, so what did you think about the documentary? Uh, I thought it. I thought it was great. Um, it's uh, you know you've been telling me about it for a little while now and raving about how good it was, and so I think that kind of uh, kind of gave me an idea of what to expect, and also um, you kind of built me up to the level of what I, I, I expected it should be, um, and. Uh, it, it, it's a lot to think about. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say right now some of the things that kind of stuck in my brain, some of the visuals. Um, the, uh, there, there was one shot uh, with the hands typing on the keyboard, and then they turned into uh, puppet strings on the person. Mm. That, yeah. that, that was one that stuck with me. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's crazy. Um. <laughs> yeah, they did a really good job with the visuals on this one. Yeah, I, you know, I some of I felt like the uh <laughs> the 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 dramatization part of it um it, it, it some of it felt kind of like I uh, it, it seemed a little kind of uh maybe too much, but I guess maybe that is a fairly accurate you know depiction of a modern family i i don't know because our family is not like that um yeah you're and our your family and mine are are exceptions but i thought that was spot on for the way a lot of families are some of the uh acting and scenarios were maybe a little bit cheesy the way that they were done but i thought it was spot on hmm yeah um yeah, I liked. I also liked the little joke that they threw in there. But so rather than creating a political party on the right or left, they did extreme center <laughs> instead of extreme right or left. And they they actually put a little bit of time into coming up with logos for it too, even though it was a fictional thing. Yeah, um, I liked I liked the older sister keeping trying to you know being like a a, a person of reason in the family. It, it was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's me and our family. Not that our family is like crazy technological or anything, but I'm just encouraging everybody to get off of Facebook, especially because I don't think that, yeah, I don't think anybody in the family really uses any other social media. It's just Facebook. Well, you know, I, so I I didn't have a Facebook until I want to say like January or February of this year. Um, (laughs) Actually before the pandemic, I think. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't mm-hmm. like I created it because of that. Cause I do know some people that I think did, uh, you know, being quarantined, they wanted to connect with people. Um, mm. no, I created it when we were, uh, before the pandemic, we were going to those English country dances I told you about, and we just wanted to connect with some people that we had met there. And, um, uh. and I, you know, that was the first time, I guess I created Facebook. That was the first social media I had, um, and I also, I think I recently told you that I had created an Instagram because oh, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted a way to, uh, 
my brother's always telling me about, you know, I'm such, oh, you're such a good photographer. You should try to sell your work or like, you know, you, you post it somewhere or something, you know, he's a family member, you know, that's what, that's what your family members do. But, uh, you know, so I finally did that and, um, I only posted like maybe, uh, 15 photos maybe, um, before I stopped just cause I kind of got tired of it. And, um, it was just like uh, a lot of work cause I would like type up a little description and then fill in all the hashtags and, um, but yeah, I mean, after watching this, I'm, I'm not sure that I want to, to do that. Um, I'm, I'm looking back towards like, you know, my old Flickr account. That's, uh, you know, a far more, mm. um, it's, it's not like a social media platform, but it is a way to post your photos online. And if somebody does want to look mm-hmm. at my photos, I can give them a, a link to, uh, to go look at my photos. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny because, uh, back in the day I was the one encouraging you to get a Facebook page mostly so I could share memes with you. And then <laughs> I know you got one and now I'm the one telling you that you should get rid of it. <laughs> I, it, after watching that documentary, I, I've always been slightly suspicious of Facebook and I've started liking it less and less over the years. And then recently within the past year, all the division that has been created because of social media, uh, has really made me dislike it and after watching that documentary that was like the last straw so i don't use facebook for anything anymore other than just the messenger because some of my friends that's the only thing that they use for communication so that's the only reason i've kept my facebook so i check my messenger like once a day and i don't scroll through facebook i don't look at any of the stuff on there anymore you said um a minute ago what you said about i was one that uh encouraged you to get facebook and then i'm now encouraging you to get rid of it um, <laughs> you sound like uh, one of the the people that that was being interviewed. Um, it, I think they were talking about like uh, Chrome extensions for like anti recommendations, and he was basically saying, "Yeah, I created this, and now I'm trying to trying to you know mm-hmm. figure out ways to uh, kind of go against it, and you can't uncreate it, yeah. but but to uh, you know work against it." To, uh, do do as best of a job as undoing as possible. Mm. The thing that I, because yeah, I, I've I've learned a little bit about machine learning in the past. I think there was a one of my favorite podcasts was talking about machine learning and mm-hmm. some of the biases it can bring up and just that it is so fast and efficient at picking up on the patterns. Oh yeah, uh, that humans you know exhibit. And. I didn't realize just how deep it went and how and what they were using the information for because they're talking about, you know, they're selling ad space, but Mm -hmm. they're not necessarily selling like a candy bar ad or a sports drink ad or whatever. They're selling the ability for other companies to put their videos in front of you and the, uh, you know, like you're scrolling through and you'll see a video for this or that. And it's not necessarily a product they're trying to sell you right away. It seems like it's a longer game than that. Uh, They were talking about how, you know, there's the big thing about uh, the Russians interfering with the 2016 election. Mm -hmm. And from what they were saying, it sounded like that they had actually done legitimate advertising, so to speak, on Facebook. But uh, they never necessarily put up a product, what they 
and I'm not saying this is specifically what the Russians did, but what groups have been doing. I mean, like they they brought up, uh, I can't remember what the country was where they uh, there was some pretty much hatred for the Muslims in that country created, and there was like I thought they said like 200,000 Muslims were just driven out of the country because Facebook was the main communication line in that country. Um, and groups were able to just sell their advertising on there and create all that unrest. And I don't remember ever hearing about that in the news or anything like that, but, uh, they brought it up in the documentary that that was a real thing that actually happened. And I didn't realize how, I, like I said, how deep the manipulation went because, uh, you know, what the algorithm does is realizes what your tendencies are Mm -hmm. and it watches what you tend to click on and tend to watch. Even if you only watch the video for a couple of seconds, it knows that and it will put in front of you exactly what you want to see. And then it eventually ends up putting you in your, your own little bubble with other people that think the exact same things as you do. And, you know, it's partially caused by yourself, the things that you click on and like and stuff like that. And it eventually ends up just only showing you the things that you want to see. And so you're only seeing a small fraction of the data that's out there, but you think you're seeing everything that's out there because everything in your feed is aligning with what you believe. Mm -hmm. And so I've seen this going on for so long, but I had never really been able to articulate exactly why it was happening um, and didn't know it was happening to this extent. But the fact that people get pushed into their little bubbles Mm -hmm. and, you know, the the parties... Mm -hmm. Confirmation bias. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's that's something that... uh, I've known about for quite a while, but I didn't know it was going on to this extent where they were really separating people out. And, you know, now it's just pushing people to the extreme left and extreme right. And people don't realize they're being pushed to the extreme left or extreme right. They maybe think that they have the same opinions that they've always had or the same logical thought that they've always had. They don't realize that they're only being presented with part of the information because the only place they get their information is on Facebook. Uh And so people get pushed to the extremes and then they wonder, you know, how can these people on the other side believe the things that they believe? Can't they see the data that I see right in front of me? It's so obvious that I'm right. But the people on the other side are seeing completely different data and they're thinking the same thing. Yeah. And I can't help but think of one of the biggest um, controversies I've seen on Facebook in this year, masks like, as much as I mm-hmm. hate to bring it up because I'm so sick of it, it's, you know, that's that's a thing. You When you see a post about it, there are people that have their own views and they're, they're very adamant about it. And, you know, if, if you may start out, maybe you have, uh, you know, an opinion, maybe it was your own opinion, maybe you heard it from someone else and then maybe you go online and you read up about that and then then it starts showing you oh you just go down the rabbit hole where it's just that that view and then you're like well okay you know i've done my research and i feel like i've come to the right conclusion here but really it was the conclusion that it the 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 computer was predicting you you wanted based on maybe an initial search or something and it it one of the the crazy things i think they um they said was when you're I, I have my phone right here when you're looking into your screen there's a supercomputer on the other side it's sometimes hard mm-hmm. to imagine 
like I've you know I've seen um, I've seen like in huge tech companies you know Silicon Valley or wherever um, like huge data centers massive supercomputers you know I, I've seen that but it's hard to realize that that is actually what's on the other side of my phone um, and you know they, that's kind of like what they were trying to show with the uh, the dramatization having those people inside the computer whatever as actual people like making you know those decisions mm -hmm. um it's crazy yeah i thought that was great how they put the people in there because it kind of gave a face to what would otherwise just be numbers you know binary scrolling through a computer mm -hmm. so i thought it was great kind of showing the different decisions so to speak that the computer makes uh, even though all it's doing is recognizing patterns and then providing uh, something that they, you know, it's something it can change to see how your behavior changes. And then it notes that and then it uh, knows exactly what to give you the next time to get you to do a certain thing, whether it be to pick up your phone or to like something or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the thing they kept bringing up over and over was that they're constantly competing to try to get your time, your, mm -hmm. your face looking at their screen so that they can present you with more ads. And, you know, some of it, of course, is ads for you know, products that you can see and buy, but some of it is just you watching and being influenced by the stuff that's put on there. Mm -hmm. And so the advertisers that are putting stuff on there, you may not even realize that they're advertising to you. You know, they're not going to say vote for or, or go buy X product or this sports drink or that candy bar or this sports bar, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. They're trying to manipulate you toward um getting certain things and certain products and they're trying to make people feel a certain way um on the note on questions podcast they were talking about how people's uh, i guess self-image or the, the way that they think about themselves is affected so much by the stuff other people post on there and that's so true i've seen that happen to so many people <laughs> like um what's the uh the syndrome called is it um Snapchat something or other where like people are going in to get like plastic surgery and they're asking to have themselves changed so that they will look like a Snapchat filter or something like that. It's just crazy how people have been so manipulated so quickly, you know, since the advent of smartphones uh, to want to look a specific way, look the way that our computers are telling us, look the way a filter makes them look because they get more likes that way or whatever mm -hmm. it's just so crazy how people have been manipulated that way and i'm sure i've been manipulated as well but i have less tendencies toward uh, trying to look nice in photos <laughs> if you know me at all you know that i absolutely hate selfies i think they're just <laughs> they have their time and place but i think they're one of the dumbest things because uh so often they are used f just because of vanity people just want to put their face out there mm -hmm. Again, there's a time and place for them, but it's very rare. But go ahead with what you were going to say. Um, well, you were saying how quickly this has all come about, but it's like, I mean, you know, I, I don't have the dates for when, you know, these app, these apps, these companies were created and, you know, when did they start becoming popular. But it's like for, for like the generation that is growing up with these like it doesn't need to be much time if you're growing up with it mm -hmm. like if yeah. it, 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 it you know if, if let's say you're 
I, I don't know, um, 15, let's say you're 15 years old, or let's go even younger, um, maybe you're 13, you just became a teenager, two years, let's just say two years, that's a whole lot of time, and you're growing, mm-hmm. and you can easily be, you know, influenced, you know, in that small amount of time, um, mm-hmm. versus, you know, I mean, I'm almost 21, that's crazy, and, um, you know, two years isn't as much time as it was back then relatively because I've been alive for longer. And, yeah. you know, I didn't grow up with, you know, these apps, thankfully. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it's 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 kind of hard because I have to think about it in the context of other people because I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't I, I don't live like this. I don't have, you know... Thank, I'm so thankful I don't. I don't have these, you know, all these social medias that are, you know, influencing me. Mm-hmm. I think you and I were at an advantage too. Being homeschooled, we weren't uh, subjected to the social expectations and pressures mm-hmm. to look and dress a certain way and to use certain apps and certain technology. Mm-hmm. Not that, you know, not that any or or most of this technology is necessarily bad in and of itself. But it's very easy to get uh, dragged into it and use it to an extreme. Something that kept coming up over and over was the way that they've designed this stuff now is to get you to constantly be looking at your phone. And they've actually created kind of an addiction because they keep talking about this dopamine hit that people get, this little little tinge of excitement when they see that they got another notification or they got mm-hmm. a like on their their video. And... They were providing the example of, you know, with their their people that were representing the algorithm. Oh, so-and-so hasn't looked at his phone in five minutes. What can we do to get him to look at his phone? Well, hey, let's shoot him these notifications. And we think of, oh, yeah, we just set our preferences and we get notifications for what we want. But it uh, certainly seems like, and I have no problem believing, based on what I know about, you know, machine learning, that your notifications and stuff are tailored specifically to get you to look at your phone more. It has nothing to do with your preferences and what you want to see. It's all about what the phone knows you want to see without you having set those preferences necessarily. And it, it'll it shoot, you know, whatever over to you to get you to look at your phone again. And the example they brought up was... Uh, noticing that the guy and the girl that he was interested in were in the same proximity um, using, you know, GPS tracking, mm-hmm. knowing where their phones were. And so it's, they're like, well, you know, he hasn't checked his phone in a, a couple minutes here. Well, let's send him some notifications from her. So then he looks at it and sees, oh, hey, she posted some photos. So he starts scrolling through those because he had just seen her face to face, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of scary to think about and and. I would have a tendency to not believe that it went that deep, but uh, an experience my mother actually had recently just completely solidified this whole thing. Uh, she works for an ink and toner company in a small town near here, uh, in you know middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, and she got sent to a marketing, uh, I guess, uh, talk or convention or something like that, just to, to learn a little bit more about marketing that the company sent her. And she said that one of the presenters there, their product they were selling was the ability to advertise to very specific people. And the example she gave is if you want to advertise to people at Home Depot, you can do that. But if you want to narrow it down to 
uh, guys between the age of 18 and 25. You can narrow it, you know, at, at Home Depot, you can narrow it down to that. And then if you want to target only specific people who are in the plumbing section within that age range within Home Depot on, you know, whatever day, you can narrow it down even that that small because GPS tracking and they know your search history and they know exactly where you are at all times to provide you with the most timely ads. It's it's like it's like business 101. Like if you're trying to sell a, par- a, a product, you have to find your target market, right? Your target mm-hmm. demographic. Like, um, you know, we want to sell a product to the certain age range who have these interests and whatever, whatever, whatever. But yet with social media and people's phones and all the wealth of information they gather about people, it's, it, you can be so much more effective. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. if you think about... Um, an ad, an ad that gets played on TV. If everybody's watching the same channel uh, or show or whatever, I don't know. I don't watch TV. Mm-hmm. Um, well, then everybody sees it. You don't have much control. But with with social media, smartphones, these huge, huge, massive, you know, databases of information about each and every single person everything is specifically tailored for you. Like it's Mm -hmm. the most, it's the most, um, you know, it's the closest to someone hand selecting, you know, exactly what they want to show you. You know, it's Mm -hmm. instead of just, you know, something that's shown to everyone, the same thing that's shown to everyone, it's different things. Um, I, I wanted to touch on something that you had said a minute ago about the notifications. Um, I think, you know, I have a number of apps on my phone. Some of them, you know, I have an email app. I have a, uh, I have a, a app for school called Canvas. I get notifications about school assignments. Um, you know, like those, those notifications, you know, I totally believe those are legitimate. I set the setting. I get notifications about what I want to get if I have, mm-hmm. you know, people you know favorite people if i get an email from you i want to be notified about it but yeah it's like social media it's like even like facebook like my facebook feed you know what wouldn't it be nice if my facebook feed was prioritized chronologically Mm -hmm. just going to the page i want to see a chronological feed and Mm -hmm. same for you know all the other social medias i know i don't use twitter um, I, I well, have an account. Uh, yeah. I just want to throw something in there. You wouldn't necessarily realize that it's not chronologically organized. Oh, I do. <laughs> except for, for you and I, uh, you know, when we went to that, uh, you know, our favorite meme page, um, we had to both select a sort by, you know, most recent or whatever, because what you were seeing on your end was completely different than what I was seeing on my end, even though we were looking at the same page. Yeah, and I've seen it. I've seen it other places too. Like I've seen, what what bugs me the most is um, that that group that I used to be in. Uh, I would see posts at the top of my page after they got popular, after they received mm-hmm. a lot of likes, reactions, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like maybe two days later, when they had sixty, a hundred, whatever. It was a small group, but that was a lot for that that group. They would be at the mm-hmm. top, and I, I'd look at this and I'd be like you know, wait a second, this is 
two days old. Like, look at there's a hundred mm-hmm. comments on this. This was posted two, three, four days ago. Why is this at the top of my feed? Show me new stuff. And mm-hmm. it's if there's one thing about my feed, you know, that drives me crazy. I don't want because this is it's the algorithm, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it's try. It's the the algorithm of my feed that's trying to predict what I want to see, and I've kind of known that because um, I've had this gripe for a while. And I don't use Twitter, but I have a Twitter account, and I've also observed that, as far as I know, I don't think it's even possible to sort a Twitter feed chronologically. There is no other way besides the algorithm. What the algorithm wants to show you. Um, mm. and that's crazy. Um, it's, it, it, it this, it, and the, you know, the whole documentary, it makes me not want to have social media, but yet there, there are reasons why, and I feel like very valid reasons why it's, it's, it's very hard to, to, have, to delete it. Mm-hmm. And and it's not and sorry just one more thing it's not even about you know having you know being addicted to our technology or anything because I think I you know I certainly don't have a problem with that um, it's simply just not wanting to even be involved with it or have a part in it because it's clearly a problem as this documentary outlined and um, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be part of that problem yeah and the thing i liked about the documentary is it wasn't trying to just bash social media and it wasn't picking on a specific uh social media uh, although i think uh, facebook was one of the major you know problems they didn't specifically say this or that you know uh platform is particularly evil or anything like that and they certainly acknowledged that there was a lot of good that came out of social media so i liked that they were acknowledging that stuff they weren't trying to just bash social media mm-hmm you know, completely. Um, that was one thing I wanted to just bring up that I liked about it. And then one other thing I wanted to just, uh, you know, we should probably just clarify here real quick because the term algorithm has been thrown around for several years. And I don't think most people have ever stopped to really think what actually is the algorithm. And so I think it's it's the perfect word to describe what's going on. Um, I just did a quick uh, definition search here. And uh, according to the Uh, definitions from oxford languages Uh, it says a process or set of rules to be followed in calculations or other problem solving operations especially by a computer Mm -hmm. so it's pretty much you know it's an equation that the computer follows you know it sees okay you watch this and you watch that it might only be for a couple of seconds but it knows you watch that for two seconds in this other video for one second so it's going to show you more videos like the one that you watch for two seconds and you know it's got like Mm -hmm. so much information on exactly what you watch and when you watch it you know data mining is a huge thing Mm -hmm. you know that's why these uh, products are free um, but yeah, machine learning is just recognizing those patterns and, you know, it can pick up on those patterns in a couple of hours and then, you know, it might take a couple of days to just watch your habits and confirm them. And, you know, those computers know more about us than even we know about ourselves. Even if we were being a hundred percent honest with ourselves, there's a lot of stuff we wouldn't even realize. Mm-hmm. And something that a quote that stuck out to me was, well, actually, let me preface this. Uh, in the No Dumb Questions podcast, Destin talked about how um, back in the day he won a, what was it, an internet surfing competition? Yeah. Like in 99 or something <laughs> like that because he knew about Google and nobody else in the competition knew about Google. 
and he had learned it from one of his professors or something like that at some class, I thought. Mm-hmm. And his professor was saying how eventually the search engines are going to start costing money because it's just not a good business model mm-hmm. to be providing these free services. Mm-hmm. But what the professor didn't take into account was that the market was changing so that you know it wasn't um, your money that they were looking for. The, the new thing that they were looking for was your attention because they were getting their money from somewhere else, advertisers. And the quote that came up in the documentary that really stuck with me was, uh, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. Yes. You, your data is what is being sold. Your attention is what is being sold to the advertisers. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. And I mean, I've, I've thought about this stuff a little bit before, but this brought it in to such clearer focus as to exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, we've heard about data mining before and you think, Oh yeah, it's not a big deal. You know, it helps uh, these sites to customize things so that I see what I'm interested in. And I see advertisements that are, you know, maybe interesting to me. So I'm not seeing like, uh, you know, cat sweaters or something that I, <laughs> I'm not at all interested in. You know, some people think of it that way. I have a friend who's like, well, you know, if the, if the, if it helps the algorithm provide me with ads that are more interesting to me, then, you know, so be it. That's good. I'd rather see the ads I'm interested in but it goes so much deeper than that yeah and uh, yeah man i love that quote by the way um that was uh i I don't know if i've heard that quote before um yeah um but so what i've thought in the past is that so uh, you know going into this you told me what it was you know about um and I thought, well, you know, I, I I know a lot about this. You know, I've I think I you know in my family at least, um, you know, I work as a software developer. Um, my brother works as a software developer. We're pretty familiar with technology, um, and uh, you know, aware that uh, sites collect love to collect information about you, and uh, and and can use that to to tailor content. Um, and you know, in the past, I know some people are all about not having, you know, any, any of your history saved online. Um, though <laughs> I, I would still think that, you know, no matter what, you know, I don't know, I, I would still think that some, you know, even if you're trying to avoid it, still getting, you know, saved somewhere, even if it doesn't mm-hmm. have your name, it's got your, maybe it has your IP address, which is, you know tied to your location or something somehow that data finds its way back to you and i know there are ways to get around that vpns whatnot um but you know it's like just think about like my youtube homepage, um because i think that was even brought up and uh you know it might not be like a social media but it's you know i go to youtube when i want to learn about something um or, you know, maybe see a product review or figure out how to do something. And um, to be quite honest, I like my YouTube homepage. It shows me things that I'm interested in. And mm-hmm. if you're to, um, there's a feature in, I use the Chrome web browser. There's a feature where you can uh, pull up uh, what's called an incognito window, which is basically mm-hmm. you're signed out of everything. So it shows yeah. like what the page looks like to brand new user going to mm-hmm. the youtube homepage is frightening like yeah there is tons of content on there that i have i have no interest in seeing i don't want this you know 
and so I'm very glad that my YouTube homepage is, you know, full of content that is, you know, stuff I would want to see, even if it is, you know, manipulating me, you know, I mean, Mm. it, it sounds kind of crazy, maybe if I say that I want that, but, you know, I don't know. It's crazy. Well, I think, I think, uh, from what I've seen of YouTube anyway, um, it seems to be a good use of the data mining because it provides you with stuff that you actually are interested in. And I have not noticed anything necessarily manipulative about, um, my Facebook page any, or not Facebook, YouTube, mm-hmm. um, YouTube, their algorithm, um, has always provided me, I mean, every once in a while there'd be an odd video in there, um, some conspiracy theory or whatever, but for the most part, it's all stuff related to channels that I follow and stuff that I'm related in, mm-hmm. uh, or interest related to stuff that I'm interested in. You know, I follow a lot of, uh, science and educational channels and that's a lot of what pops up. And I've also found though, that sometimes there's videos I'm just not interested in. It's not necessarily like wacko stuff that I don't want to see like on the, on the front, you know, the main page of uh, YouTube, Mm -hmm. but I've been almost slightly disappointed that YouTube doesn't know me better because a lot of times it'll show stuff that I'm not even interested in. I never click in or just X away from it. It's like, haven't you figured out my viewing habits by now? Don't you know that I want to see more from this or that person? Or like, I'll go to a channel because I haven't seen a video from them in a while. It's like, oh, they've had a couple of videos out, but I never saw it on my uh, YouTube main screen. So, well, you know, I think, I mean, I think that's the algorithm at work right there. Um, it, it you know so you talked about an algorithm and you know i learned the definition of an algorithm in my computer science class you know um but the machine learning aspect of it is so like let's say you you have a new account on youtube you type one thing in now your home page is mostly changed to <laughs> recommendations about that one thing because that's the yep. only thing it knows about you so far the more mm-hmm. you type in, the more it knows about you, and it builds that profile of what you know it, it, it thinks you like. I think when you see those random oddball videos, I think it's the algorithm that's trying to you know try a new thing on you. It's trying to mm-hmm. say, well, hey, you know, well, we get that you like this, but try this because you might like this, and if we can get you to watch this new thing, then this is a whole new line of content that we can get you watch and now you're on the platform for even longer you know yeah i i just think it's doing a poor job of it because it it shows so much stuff that i'm not interested in like you know 80 percent of the stuff it shows me i'm not interested in so it's like i would i i'm just disappointed in youtube's um algorithm manipulation abilities (laughs) (laughs) this this documentary got you too confident google google should just know exactly what you want yeah, well, and they're, they're, I mean, Google knows everything. Yeah. Um, I've been thinking that for a while, though. Like, why do these videos keep popping up? They have nothing to do with what I've searched, and I don't care about them any, at, at all. It should know by now that I'm not interested in those types of videos. Um, however, one, <laughs> one thing I find annoying is, like, you know, you'll do a search for fixing a spe- very specific problem. So, like... Um, Recently, here's an example, real life example. Right now, um, recently I had, um, a, you know, a hand truck for manu- for moving uh, heavy stuff, 
um, I was trying to move my dryer in the basement. Mm-hmm. So I had the hand truck. One of the wheels popped off the bead and deflated at some point when it was sitting not used for several months. So I was trying to get it to, to reseat the bead. And I've done that on regular, you know, larger tires before, but I couldn't get these beads to seat because the tire is so small. So I looked up some videos on YouTube for how mm-hmm. to seat smaller tires like this. And now here, and and I fixed the problem that night. And now here, <laughs> you know, weeks and weeks later, it's still trying to suggest videos to me for how to seat the bead on a small tire. It's like, I'm over that problem already. Get, That's funny. Get with the program here. <laughs> That's funny. I did notice, though. I'm sorry if you had something to say, mm-hmm. but uh, I wanted to throw this out real quick. On Facebook, um, I'm not, you know, or wasn't, and really an extreme user of Facebook. You know, I'd get on there, a couple, you know, maybe twice a day and scroll through to see what my friends were doing. And I was always annoyed by, you know, all the stuff that it would show me, nonsense stuff, or, like, just nonsense people were posting. So I just started unfollowing people. Um, and it would throw some ads in there every once in a while, and most of them weren't relevant and I didn't stop to look at them. And then I noticed within the last couple of months, some of them started getting a little more interesting or it would just show me videos like funny videos, compilation videos, things and mm-hmm. you know, like prank videos and things like that, which I don't really care for prank videos. So I usually just scroll right past those. But for some reason I, I realize this cause I <laughs> often think about how I'm being manipulated <laughs> by the interwebs. Um, I've noticed that, uh, videos of animals doing stuff, funny stuff, or cute <laughs> stuff, or babies laughing will get me every time. And I just kind of started noticing that. And then all of a sudden, one day, just like I was noticing every ad would catch my eye. And I, I noticed that exact point when the algorithm got me figured out and started presenting me with exactly what I wanted to see every time. Thankfully, it was. <laughs> Thankfully, I'm not the type of person that uh, gets drawn into like conspiracy theory videos because <laughs> I can only imagine what a dark nuclear waste site my <laughs> Facebook would be, uh, like many people's uh, actually is, if I was into conspiracy theories. But yeah, I noticed that exact moment when the algorithm finally got me figured out because I'd notice I'd stop. You know, every once in a while I'd hesitate on a video that I thought was funny, and then I keep scrolling. You know, because that autoplay feature they didn't it didn't use to autoplay back in the day. But now, if oh, you man. hover over it, I, I bet at the all, person who implemented autoplay got such a big bonus and raise from that. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That did a lot for them. Huge, promotion. and not only for in getting views, but also figuring out what people wanted to watch because it would see how long they would actually stay there and watch it. They didn't have to click on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the worst thing is on your phone when it plays the audio with the video. At least with my desktop, it doesn't play the audio. But yeah, I noticed that exact moment when I started. I realized every single ad on there would catch my eye or every single video that got that got uh, put up there would catch my eye and I would stop and watch it for several seconds or sometimes occasionally a couple of minutes. So Yeah, so Go ahead. um no, I just want to make a comment here. Um just thinking about uh um so I you know, I've I've said it already in this podcast that I I work as a software developer and um What's often thought of as the uh, the pinnacle of a, uh, a career in software development is working for one of these huge tech companies because they're mm. the biggest, and um, they're it's very prestigious because the interview process is very hard, and um, mm. but once you get there, you're you know you're making tons of money, you're um, working at you know 
one of the biggest tech companies out there, maybe one of the biggest companies, you know, in the United States or the world or whatever. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, of course I, you know, have thought about, you know, trying to work for those companies someday simply because of that level of prestige and wanting to be able to, you know, get to get to be the best of the best in my career field because like who doesn't want mm -hmm. that um yep. needless to say i'm you know thinking otherwise after this documentary and um you know realizing that you know i, I don't want to just uh you know go work for whoever just because of you know it's a certain level of prestige or money or whatever um but in my research um the, reading about you know how these companies operate um and you know what different you know positions and what different levels do um the way you get promoted in those companies is if you can make uh, a feature or because uh, you know like let's say facebook it's a very it was it's been, it's like been around for a long time right i don't know there was myspace before that but it, was, it seems like it's been around forever it's but like, it's actually only been around for a few years i mean <laughs> quite a few years now but well yeah but yeah, i mean like our, all the newer all the newer social medias are they're newer facebook was before yeah. them yeah um and so it's quite old like what isn't there some statistic that says half the users are dead already or something um hmm. and you know there's all these old dead accounts or whatever but so it's needless to say it's a very uh full-grown product it's you know They've been making enhancements, improvements to it for years. It's very f fully fledged. But the way you get promoted in, those in these big companies is if you can implement, make some new feature that, you know, in, that has a significant impact for the company. Like if, so if you could, let's say the person that implemented the autoplay feature, um, you know, I, I remember when that became a thing on YouTube, I don't know what it was like on Facebook. I didn't have an account then. Um, but, you know, whoever implemented that, I'm sure that had a huge spike in time watched of content. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once you're watching, it's a whole lot easier to keep watching, you know, than it mm -hmm. is to actually, like, take the time to click a play button. And so I'm sure there was a huge boost in in screen time for, for people watching. And, you know, that's an incentive for people at these companies because that's how you get the promotions that's how you get the raises that's how you level up in these companies is by making these features that essentially are just trying to get more time out of the end users mm -hmm. and just to bring up the previous point about uh, how it's designed to get us to watch more and of course most people are looking at <clears throat> and I shouldn't say specifically Facebook. That's just the one that I have the most experience with. Uh -huh. So that's what keeps coming up in my examples. But, you know, they're trying to get people to watch more. Uh -huh. And so they become addicted to picking up their, their little black rectangle and looking at the uh, the screen, the little, the little glowing screen to see if they got more likes or if they got notifications. And they were talking about it as if it's kind of a, actually an addiction because you're seeking that next dopamine hit, as they say. Uh -huh. Um. So here's a question for you. Are you addicted to your phone? I'm going to say yes and no. Um, I'm going to say no in that um, I don't, for example, I'm just going to use this as an example 
um, this morning. Um, I, <laughs> well, okay, so last night was an exception. I happened to stay up till like 3 o'clock because I got this new toy that I was taking pictures of the stars with, and then I went to bed and then woke up kind of late, and, but the first thing I did, I didn't, I didn't even touch my phone till like late in the afternoon. The first thing I did was I wanted to go look at those pictures I took because that that was more important to me than anything on my phone. Then I went mm-hmm. to school. I went did my classes, and it was only after I had finished uh, processing that one photo I sent you and stuff that I think I I picked up my phone. Um, but you know, it, like in that documentary, the the kid who we all knew. I'm sure we all knew it wasn't going to make it through a week without it. Um, Mm -hmm. First of all, it's sad that I can't just turn off my phone because I, um, we've been having internet issues at our home lately. And so we have Mm -hmm. to use our phones, cellular hotspots for internet a lot of the time. So it's not something I could just do and turn off for a week, uh, which is kind of sad because I think I could easily do it. Um, Oh yeah. I will say, um, Another part about me not being addicted, um, there was a, have you ever heard of um, something called the art of manliness? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, so there's this guy, his name is Brett McKay. Um, he uh, he runs, it's a site, um, he has a podcast too, I think, um, and uh, it's all about like... Um, I could I could actually pull it up, art of manliness because he's got like a tagline that I want to say and I don't want to get it wrong here. Um, let's see, what is it? Get action. Um, this by this by Theodore Roosevelt. Get action. Do things. Be sane. Don't fritter away your time. Create. Act. Take a place wherever you are and be somebody get action and um his whole his whole thing is about like restoring like like an older lifestyle like like older like how men used to be like nowadays a Mm -hmm. lot of people are soft and um you know their feelings are easily hurt um things like that it's about being able to like you know even just being self-competent not you know relying on our phone and google to tell us how to do something being able to know things that men should know um i i think it's actually uh i I like his you know i i think it's neat that he does this um anyways at the uh the start of this year um it's crazy it's been a long year um he he like put out a new year's resolution thing about like x number of ways to be a better man in the new year and one of them was you know, there's generic things like drink more water, um, exercise, go to church, things like that. One of them was don't take your smartphone to bed. And before that, I will say before that, I did. I My charger was on my bedside table. That's where I plugged my phone in at the end of the day. And I didn't mm-hmm. really think anything of it, but... Um, but my brother was doing it too, and so we stopped. And I, d- I don't remember if it was, like, really hard. I think the biggest difference was that I stayed up later before going to bed, doing whatever I would have done on my phone 
in bed. And mm. um, I think that was the only difference. I, I probably still stay up later now, um, yeah. you know, outside of bed before going to bed. But it's been, whatever, almost a year. And, you know, I have no problem with it. And um, the other thing uh, I think was don't the like the challenge or whatever was not to look at your smartphone as the first thing in the morning. Um, and I, it's kind of hard because often I do in order to find out about updates about school stuff. Um, mm. any messages my instructors send, um, I want to be informed about that stuff. Um, yeah. the one place where I really will say that, um, I don't know if I'm a Addicted, and I'm not them trying to like you know make myself sound good here. And oh, I don't think I really am. Um, I, I, I will say that I will. I have this thing about wanting to get rid of notifications when they appear, not because I want to mm, see what yeah. the notification is, but because they fill up on my home screen and I, I, I yeah. swipe them away because I want my screen to be clean. Like, sometimes I'll yeah. get rid of them without even reading them, which is, like, <laughs> yeah. awful because, like, what if I miss something important? And then what's worse is I have an iPhone, and so I I have it right here. I'm looking at it. For each app that there's a notification, there's a little red bubble, and it's got a number in there telling me how many mm-hmm. notifications I haven't read. Mm-hmm. I have this thing where I have to make that red bubble go away. <laughs> I don't care what the notification is, but I will click it. I will click into. I have four apps here. Yeah. I have I have Slack. I have Facebook. I have Canvas, and I have Hangouts. Google Hangouts. They all have red bubbles. I want to click into each one, and click click the notification in the app to make the bubble go away. That's something that I do, and I don't even read the notification, and it makes me just want to turn off notifications. If it wasn't for the fact that I would worry that I might miss something that's truly important, like for school. Hmm. Yeah, I think you and I are going to be the exceptions in this question because (laughs) I have been intentional all along about not becoming addicted to my phone because, you know, uh, you and I, I think, had an advantage growing up homeschooled. We weren't Mm -hmm. exposed to uh, the social pressures to have phones. You know, I didn't have my first... I was the first person in my immediate family to have a cell phone, and I was 18 when I got it. Not because I wasn't allowed to have one, but just because I didn't care about having one. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I got a cell phone over a landline was because it was cheaper. Um, it's kind of nice to have one with you, too, when your car breaks down so you don't have to try <laughs> to walk somewhere in the negative 20 degrees here in, <laughs> here in Wisconsin. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I never had those pressures. But I, when I first got a phone, I just got a cheap one. I was just trying to save money, and I just got a flip phone. So it had texting and calling, and that was it. And uh, I just watched the people around me. They were just completely absorbed in their phones. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, just you know, just look up for a couple of seconds and enjoy the real world. Um, so yeah, <laughs> oh I, man, I've got a great I've, meme thinking about that. <laughs> I think you know what it is. I've, there's a couple that come yeah, to mind. There's a lot. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I've been very intentional this whole time about not getting sucked into uh, a phone addiction and. I to the point I don't even have data on my phone because I just don't need to use the internet when I'm out and about. You know, if I'm going somewhere, I'll look up a, a, a map, and if I need to, I'll write down directions on an actual piece of paper. 
for those younger listeners out there, that's a, a product made from uh, shredded <laughs> shredded trees, and oh. it's glued together, and you actually use ink to write on it. Oh, oh. And it, it doesn't glow. You can write words on it, but it doesn't glow in the dark. Yeah, I'm, I bet that's hard for some people to imagine. I, I'm, I'm, I hope I don't in, break your train of thought here, but something that, I, that really stuck with me um, in the documentary was towards the end. Um, they said we live in a time where trees are valued more dead than alive. Mm-hmm. It's so it's so crazy to think about, but I yeah. mean, yeah, I mean, and, and it's funny because yeah, I, I remember it's funny that trees what, aren't what? even used for like social media; they make paper and stuff with them. But yeah, that's what I was gonna just ask. What was the? I remember the quote, but I can't remember what it was said in context to. Because yeah, it it's definitely true, but uh, I can't remember how it related to social media. Ah, uh, they said they said something else right after that too. Um, now I'm forgetting that. I should should have wrote it down. Um, it was near the, near the end. They were talk. They were also talking about how, um, you know, our, our phones technology have brought a lot of good and bad. So we're kind mm-hmm. of living in this like dystopia and uh, utopia. I think mm-hmm. uh, simultaneously. Um, yeah, I wish I could remember though the exact context even if you're not using trees to create books and or entertainment or just paper um they're still being used for building products so technically you could say they've been worth more dead than alive for a long time yes. now just for their mm-hmm. utility but but yeah um back to the phone thing um yeah I've, so I've been very intentional about not becoming addicted to my phone and i actually just absolutely hated my phone for a while there when i was working at a job where i was on call all the time so <laughs> with my days off i had to have my phone with me because they would quite often just call me out of the blue and be like hey you got to come in to work today because yeah, if you didn't answer your phone you get in <laughs> in some pretty big trouble so i really hated my phone mm-hmm. and uh every chance i'd get i'd just turn it off and put it away um, so yeah, I've been intentional all along about not becoming addicted to it. I have all the notifications turned off on my phone except for podcasts. I listen to podcasts a lot because it's something I can do while I'm driving to kind of redeem the time and mm-hmm. I guess learn stuff. Um, I I would say most of the podcasts I listen to are not strictly for entertainment. They're entertaining, but they're also educational. Mm-hmm. So that's the only notification that I have on. The only notification. Um is when I get new podcasts. Just curious, um, what uh, apps do you have on your phone? Well, it's right beside me, so... Do you want me to just read them off one by one? Well, maybe just, like, categories. Um, I ask this because I've spent a lot of time, like, whenever I get a new phone, the couple of new phones that I've gotten... And and just just so you know, I always buy like the super super cheap ones. I'm not like one of those guys that's got to go get the new, the new iPhone or anything. <laughs> I just look for the cheapest one with the carrier that works in my area. Um, <laughs> so I've spent a lot of time when I get a new phone, I go through and I just delete all the apps that aren't relevant to me. Or when I get like a computer, um, it'll often give you all kinds of stuff that you just don't need. So I go through and delete that stuff. And I've gotten rid of like all the games and stuff on my phone because, first of all, I don't think they're interesting. But uh, that uh, that brings up another point that I wanted to talk about. But I'll let you go ahead and and rattle off your uh, list or at least categories of apps first. For the record, I have an iPhone, but this is an iPhone 
It's a 6S. This, I just looked it up. This was made in 2015, five years ago. So, I, and, it's funny, only five years ago actually doesn't seem like that long, but, I mean, that's, it wasn't my first phone. I think I had an Android before it, but, um, because I, I got my phone when I was 16. Um, anyway, it, it's an old iPhone. It's not like the latest and greatest, because number one, it's outrageous that a buying a new iPhone today costs like a thousand dollars. Like that's yeah. the price. People are getting of a computer. loans to get a phone. Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's anything new. It's pe- people get loans for just about anything yeah, that is, because that they, is true. But paycheck to paycheck, but I yeah, I, I think it's it's just silly though. But anyway, back to your yeah. Story. So anyway, so I it, the my only complaint is that the battery is awful and i feel like the battery is actually kind of important because the times i really need my phone is when it's not mm. plugged in i want it you know in my pocket i want it to stay charged while i'm out and about all day in case i actually need it um i think it's always funny when people say oh my phone's almost dead or or oh do you have a charger and it's just like i don't even I, I use my phone so rarely i don't even remember the last time it was below like 75% I was like, how does your phone die so fast all the time? Oh, it's because they're scrolling through social media all the time. But anyway, carry on. Well, <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't necessarily say that's my reason. I think the battery's just no, no. pretty dead. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, not to say that I don't use it throughout the day, which certainly does drain it. Um, uh, oh, yeah, so I was, I was going to look at my apps here. Um, so, so, yeah, so... It's an iPhone, so it does come pre-installed with some apps, but it's not nearly the amount of, like, I, I think it's, con- it's sometimes called, like, bloatware or something um, that, hmm, that ships with a, good, a lot uh, of description. default Android apps, cause it, or, or, excuse me, Android phones. Um, they're, you're right. They're just they're awful. They're, like, the company's horrible, cheesy apps that they want you to use, and it's just awful. Um so I have all the default ones, and the default ones are not, um, you know, anything I would want to delete. Like, there's a, you know, a texting app, there's a email app, there's a settings app, there's a camera app, there's a photos app, there's a FaceTime app, so you can do video calls. There's a, uh, a clock, a notes app, a web browser, a reminders app. Is that uh, Keeps Note? No, it's just notes. It's Apple's notes. Oh, Okay. It'll be different um, than yours. Yeah, you well your brother recommended me the one by Google called uh, Keep, I believe. Oh. I've actually kind of liked that one because it'll automatically store your notes to the Google Cloud for mm-hmm. lack of a better term. So if you don't have your phone on you and you need to look up whatever notes you've saved, you can actually just go into your Google Drive from any computer and look them up. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of handy, but anyway, that's uh, just a tangent. Back to your uh, app list. So those are all like the default apps, and of course, actually a weather and calendar app too. I just realized. Um, so as far as like apps that I have, and I actually have like different screens on here because it, this is something I've been wanting to do for a while: is actually go through my phone and just completely delete a lot of the things that are just I don't need on there. Um, and I'm yeah. just bad about that because I don't want to do that. <laughs> That's like takes time that I could do other things and uh, just. Um, anyway, so I'm kind of going to kind of go off my different screens here. So on my home screen, I have Facebook on my home screen. 
<gasps> yeah. And um and then right next to that I have Facebook Messenger. And then I have <gasps> Google Hangouts. And um and then I have Canvas, which is my app for school. Um and then uh Tick Tick, not to be confused with the uh social media that I think is TikTok. It's Tick Tick. Mm. It's a uh just a to-do list app that um, can also sync with like my computer. I use it for school. It's fantastic. Um, so anyway, so that's my home screen. So I oh and my email app. Sorry, that's on the bottom. So I have my like my phone, my email, my text. So really, the the home screen is kind of like my communication screen. And um, interesting. And uh, you know, I'm looking at this, and yeah, it's like I have Facebook on there, and. Yeah, you know, if I were to pick up my phone, like, if you think about those empty moments, like, um, when you're just standing around waiting, um, Mm -hmm. like, it's hard to imagine what people would do without their smartphones. Like, if people are waiting in line, what do they do? They pull out their smartphone. If people are waiting for two minutes, they pull out their smartphone. I'd say it's less than that. Yeah. uh, 30 seconds. Yes. And, um... And, and, you know, browse through whatever. And it's like, it's hard to imagine what people would do without that. I can't quite imagine it because yeah, that's we've grown what up I in an see. era where that's what people do. Even if it was before, you know, I had a smartphone. It's actually kind of hard to remember so far back. But mm-hmm. um, it, it's crazy. <laughs> I actually don't know why I got off on that tangent. Um, let me just go through some of the other apps I have. So I have, I have a bunch of uh, um, different like audio listening apps. So I have LibriVox, which is like a free audiobook um, app. They don't have a very large selection, but they have a few old classics. Um, Libby, which is like a library app. Audible, which um, you know get audiobooks you know about that i have my podcast app which is just a if audio is if audible is listening they can feel free to sponsor us oh anytime. hey there you go <laughs> <laughs> oh man then somebody should create an algorithm that listens through podcasts to see what podcasts might want for sponsors there you go or if that if that algorithm exists, I'm just talking to you right now, algorithm. You'd certainly be willing to accept that Audible sponsorship. Anyway. So I have podcasts, which is just a default one that came with my phone. But, you know, I subscribe to basically the same podcast that you do. Um, I have a, a Google Play Music, which is just a music app. Um, yes, it's like a, one of those subscription services. It's not actually owning my own music, and that's that could be a whole nother discussion there. I have the, U- <laughs> I have the, YouTube, I have, I have the YouTube app. I have a campus screen app, which is uh, something for school. Um, I have uh, an Adobe Scan app. I have Kahoot, which is something for school. I have another school app. I have uh, LinkedIn, which I don't really need on my phone come to think of it um man see i could just start clearing stuff out now i have a youtube music app because google like for some reason decided they don't like their google play music service anymore so they're switching to youtube music which is all very frustrating i have the instagram it's still owned by uh, google so Mm -hmm. it's just annoying that they can't like stick with Mm -hmm. one thing for long enough yep i have the instagram app which i mentioned at the start here why i uh Mm -hmm. set that up i have um 
I have actually <laughs> four different night sky apps. Uh, some of them do different things. Um, because I, uh, I do like the night sky. I do some things with that. Um, I have some more communication apps. I have Discord and GroupMe, which are both school-related. I have Skype, which is actually what we're talking on right now. I have... Man, you got a lot of apps. I do. And you've probably got less than half of what the average person Oh, does. yeah. I'm sure I do. But they just build up, and I install them yeah. because, you know... You know the saying, there's an app for that? So if if, yeah. if there's something that I think, oh, maybe there's an app for that that could help me with this task, um, and a number of these do, just like the scan app, for example, I can scan a piece of paper, and even if it, you're like at a different perspective, it'll like straighten it out and make it look like you scanned it on a printer. It's amazing. And um, yeah. so some of these I might rarely use, although that one I do use for school quite often for scanning homework. Um but I mean, they just kind of build up here. I have uh, I have the eBay app. I have uh, Zoom. That's again for school. I have like a fitness um, uh, workout tracking app, as well as like a calorie tracking app. Um, I have like a Panorama app. I have um, another scanner app i have the google maps app because i installed that over the apple maps i guess i have memorize which is a language learning app i have a uh, rubik's cube game i guess it's basically a 3d rubik's cube you can solve on your phone as opposed to the real thing yes i have it it's because i really like rubik's cubes that's basically my list of apps man that's crazy well let me go through my list of apps here um, well, hang on. I'm sorry. Just, really quick. Can I just interject about my list and why it's so long? Yes. Like I yes, said. Defend, defend your list. It, it's not because I use those every day. I certainly don't. It's simply because I'll install them maybe for one occasion, and then I might never use it again, or I might rarely use it. And so they're yeah. just there, and I haven't really cleaned them out. And uh, so that's kind of why it's so long. And, um, Yeah. Okay, that's all. Okay. Um, so on my screen, my home screen here, I have Google Chrome, which I don't use very often because I don't have data. I only use it when I'm connected to Wi-Fi, and I actually really need to look something up. Um, you'll never believe it, but I have uh, several uh, aviation-related apps. I've got uh, one for uh, paragliding that just provides me with uh, airspeed and altimeter and how many G's I pulled during the flight and stuff. It just tracks my flight pretty much and gives me the data at the end. Does it send it I've to Google, one. too? Uh, I don't believe so, <laughs> although you can use Google Maps. And I've never done this, but you can actually bring it up. It uses Google Maps for your for your map while you're flying, and then it saves data on the flight, and you can actually, I guess, upload that and view, like, a 3D model of your flight, and it'll show, like, your airspeed, throughout the flight where your altitude was over certain areas and stuff like that. It's kind of cool. Uh, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine weather apps that all do different things, which uh, most of them need Wi-Fi to work, so I rarely use those. Usually I just look at the weather before I leave. Um, got Google Podcasts because the Google Music Player, whatever, they got rid of that, although the app is still on the phone even though I can't use it. It won't let me delete it. I got my music player because I wanted to have that separate from my podcast player. Just because it's 
more convenient switching back and forth if I want to listen to music versus podcasts. Got my photo gallery, my clock, and the calculator. And then down below, I've got my uh, my notes app, my email, uh, phone, camera, and text. You still there? I'm still here. I'm just listening. Okay. Just want to confirm that uh, we hadn't yeah. dropped the signal again. My second page, uh, I've got several folders of apps that the phone won't let me delete, including the Facebook app, because it won't let me delete it, but I don't have it hooked up to my phone. Oh, it's got the Amazon shopping app. It's got uh, some notifications, uh, the default uh, note app. I've got a folder of all the different Google products, like Google Drive and Google Photos and all that stuff, which I don't use. I've got the Play Store in case I need to get apps. Uh, I've got uh, Starwalk 2, which is the Night Sky app. The DJI Go app for flying my drone. Uh, Duolingo, which uh, I have not used much lately. I was trying to learn Spanish for a while there. I'm still trying to learn Spanish, but I haven't been uh, doing it very uh, consistently lately. Uh, I've got an audio recorder, uh, two different tuners. One is for guitar, and one is just for general notes, uh, whether it be a keyboard or really anything. Uh-huh. I actually use that for uh, tensioning the belt on my paramotor, because uh, you're supposed to torque it down to a specific torque, and then you give the belt a little flick and then measure what <gasps> uh, hurts it's at. Really? That's awesome. Pretty cool, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 kind of cool because they, they tell you oh, it's supposed to be between this and this hurts. So you go and torque it down and you flick it and it actually is. It's like, wow, that's pretty cool. Um, I got a sound meter just because uh, I thought it would be interesting to check out different sound levels of things so that I kind of get a, a baseline of knowledge for, you know, when they talk about stuff being a certain number of decibels, uh-huh. I kind of know uh, what common everyday things are. And then lastly, I have my calendar. And my calendar, you'll notice on my second page, because I don't like getting, you know, all the notifications about, oh, this is coming up or that's going on. I like to just live day to day. So I leave my uh, calendar on the second page just in case I happen to need to know what the date is. So that is my list of apps. Nice. Um, Back to kind of the the topic of the the documentary. Um, On the Note on Questions podcast, something I I took note of, uh, Dustin mentioned how back before the nuclear age, uh, steel wasn't tainted with anything radioactive. But after they started testing nuclear bombs and stuff like that, uh, somehow all metal now, or at least steel anyway, from what he was saying, Mm -hmm. is contaminated with just the smallest amount of radioactivity. Nothing that's dangerous to humans, but it's still there. And so if you want to make um, measuring equipment for measuring radiation, you want to find the old steel that was made um, pre-nuclear age. And so he compared that to social media and the Internet in general, I think, and how it's so easy to spread disinformation. Uh, In the documentary, they actually said... Uh, I believe disinformation spreads six times faster than true information on the internet, on social media, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, how can truth compete with that? Yeah. Um, so then he was talking about, you know, I, I was thinking about recently how if I really wanted to research a thing and get to actually know the thing in depth, uh, if it wasn't something just scientific where it was hard, fast numbers, like if it was history or uh, how a certain thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, the best way to do it would be in books because that goes through a far more stringent um, 
process of making sure that stuff is actually true and factual before it gets printed just yeah. because that's in the interest of the uh, the company that is printing it uh-huh. marketing wise to make sure that their stuff is you know truthful it, you know that's divided into you know books are divided into fiction and nonfiction the internet there is really no line between fiction and nonfiction or that line is extremely blurred and it's hard to tell what's on what side uh-huh. and so Dustin was talking about how even books nowadays are starting to reference websites as their source of information. Mm-hmm. And so you almost have to find older books now that are not tainted by the internet and where actual like physical research was done in actual physical books in physical places. And I still think books are probably a hundred times better, although maybe not uh, to the minute as accurate as the internet. Uh, in most cases, that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I, I still think books are, you know, far superior as far as you know finding truth and and actual good solid information. So that was uh, just an interesting thing I wanted to bring up. Oh yeah, and uh, if I may interject, um, I, I tell you, after listening to that, it um, it, it makes me want to build a library, <laughs> a personal library yeah. of uh-huh. and, and and have built my own collection, um. Cause it, but only the books that would support your your worldview, right? Well, yeah, yeah, man. I got what is that? Getting <laughs> my own PizzaGate or something? Yeah, yeah. I, I've I've heard of PizzaGate, which is an interesting thing the, to, uh, that we could discuss too. But yeah, I I don't know what you mean by creating your own. I was thinking to uh, create your own self curated echo chamber. Well, basically that. Yeah, except maybe I was using the PizzaGate term. Okay, except that. Your echo chamber would be a library, which would be full of books, and books tend to dampen sound. <laughs> um, just being a, a slight bit of an audio guy, I know that. So your echo chamber would actually be a non-echo chamber. You can't you can't tell that we're like kind of audio geeks here, can you? <laughs> <laughs> no, the fact that we have a podcast, I think maybe would clue people into that a little bit, but maybe you know, maybe to so that people know that what we're saying is like totally legitimate stuff. Maybe we just need to write down our podcast. We'll have like letters that people can read or something. Well, some podcasts do put out transcripts. Mm. So, (gasps) but those are, I think sometimes those are computer generated. So maybe the computer might influence that and might, maybe might interject stuff (gasps) or it might even translate it differently for different people. Yeah. So, okay. So I edit the podcast. So I think it's your job to come up with, uh, transcripts for every episode and then we'll publish those and we'll do like uh you know we'll put them out in a maybe an email format and then like once a year we'll publish a book of all of our episodes how's that sound yeah that sounds great that sounds great okay good um you were talking about how maybe the computer influences or gives different results for each person and that was something they brought up in the uh documentary was how google results or google suggestions anyway Mm -hmm. Uh, will be different based on where you live. You know, the example that they gave was typing in climate change is, and based on where you live and what it thinks you want to hear, uh, it'll it'll give you different autofill options. So, um, you know, climate change is not a problem, or climate change is a conspiracy, or climate change is a huge problem, or something like that. Yeah. You know, and it'll give you different suggestions based on where you live. I'm curious, do you have your old Google machine? Oh, are we Andy? are we going to do a test right now? Yes. Um, and this is something I wanted to bring up earlier too. It's, it's on the topic of tests, uh, 
we were talking once about how our Facebook pages look completely different because we did a uh-huh. screen share during a previous uh, Skype call to see why we weren't seeing the same things in this meme page back before we got edumacated on uh, <laughs> all this stuff. Uh-huh. And you had mentioned how mine looks completely different than yours and how Facebook must be doing A-B testing yeah. to see what works best. And then they brought that up in the documentary, how they're constantly doing that stuff. Uh-huh. You know, Some groups will see stuff differently just because they want to know what format or what layout works best on getting people to uh-huh. um, engage in their, their platform. So I've, uh, I'm on the old Google machine here, and I've got climate change is typed in. And what is your first result? Climate change is. <laughs> okay. Um, my first result is climate change is real shirt. Like a, a like clothing <laughs> shirt S H I R T. Oh, so it thinks that you want to buy a shirt that says climate change is real. Ah, okay. You want to read your mm, next so it one? You're, it thinks you're into <laughs> merchandise. Mine says climate change is is the first option. That's exactly what I typed. So I don't know why it's suggesting that. Oh well, yeah, that, that, that's what mine is too. Oh, okay. And then the second one, climate change is caused by, but then it doesn't have anything after that. That's my second and then one. Climate. Okay, and then climate change is evidenced by which of the following quizlet? I don't know what that means. That's mine, a too. Quiz, presumably. Hmm. So it seems that our first... Oh, there we go. Okay, so my my next one is climate change issue instead of is. And then climate change is real shirt. My, so after the evidence by climate change is it too late is natural mm is accelerating is inevitable hmm yeah is it too late and is it accelerating are my last two arts are pretty similar yeah yeah they're they're similar they don't seem to be as leading as i would have expected but it still is interesting that they're different based on where we live and i presumably what people in our areas search most often i would guess that mine isn't very uh tailored i don't know for lack of a better word simply because i honestly don't know if i've ever typed something related to this i don't think i've like ever searched climate change i'm yeah i haven't either i think in the documentary they said it's based on where you live so i would guess it's more like what the people in your area search yeah i i also wonder maybe because we're in the midwest maybe it's uh Maybe it would be a lot more extreme, like if we were on, the, uh, you know, different coasts or something. But yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so um, you know, even the old Google machine, although potentially pres- providing, or probably providing the same results per search, if we did it like an identical word search, I mean, we could go down this rabbit hole and be here all night if we wanted to be and actually <laughs> test this stuff, but presumably it brings up the same results per search, but the autofill suggestions are different, at least. Based so, on yeah. what we watched tonight, I would 100% not be surprised if the search results are different based on the exact words. Like, if the mm, exact words yeah. are the same, I wouldn't put it past Google. We will have to test that at some point when we haven't been recording for like an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's see. Um, and not to drag on an already long podcast, but we were talking about, uh, or you brought up, um, what people do 
when they're bored and they've got like 30 seconds, you know, they've been sitting for 30 seconds and not done anything. What do they do? They whip out their phone and something I've been thinking about for quite a while now. Um, and actually one of the podcasts I listened to has brought this up too, um, is the importance of boredom and what our brains are free to do when we're bored and how, you know, often inspiration strikes when we're in the shower oh, yes. and we don't have a chance to write <laughs> stuff down. And it's because our brains are bored and free to wander. And so if we're constantly looking at our phones, they're, they're telling us what to think. They're you know telling us what to look at and they're providing that stimulation. Whereas if you have just the opportunity to be bored and let your brain wander, which was something I really appreciated about my last job. Um, I mentioned before that it was a, a job at a, a warehouse and fulfilling orders. So I'd just be, it was a pretty mindless job going down the aisles, picking product and stuff like that. So my brain was just free to wander for 11 hours at a time. And so I would oftentimes at the beginning of the shift, just figure out, okay, what problem do I need to solve today? And then I would just mull that problem over for you know, however long it took and uh, work through quite a few problems. Mm-hmm. And so I think boredom is hugely important for inspiration and for getting our brains to to work and process the world and pro, you know provide their own stimulation or uh, entertainment. Uh-huh. And that was something that I really appreciated again about my upbringing was that we didn't have a lot of technology. I mean, we had uh, a VHS player and we... Uh, each of us kids got to pick one video per week that we got to watch. Other than that, it was out to the sandbox, and we were just constantly building stuff out there and letting our brains be creative and you know just and constantly making stuff. I was always you know either in the sandbox building stuff or out in the shop building things, and that's something I really appreciate about my upbringing because. You know those skills translate into my everyday life now. I'm like I'm I'm always fixing stuff around my house, mm-hmm. and quite often <laughs> it seems like a higher percentage than it probably actually is. But quite often I'll get a product and think, man, if just this little thing was different, or just that little thing was different, uh, it, it would be perfect. And then I'll just go and modify it to uh, work. Yes. Uh, or I'll be looking up a product and be like, man, it just doesn't have the thing that I need. I was contemplating the other day making a custom computer mouse to work with the computers at work because uh, we're often looking at maps and scrolling through stuff, and the software they have just is not very well designed mm-hmm. um, for the application because we're doing it on laptops, so we just have a little touchpad and some clickers. So I was thinking, you know, what can I do so that I can navigate these maps with just, like, a little mouse or something that I could have? And we got to be able to take you know, our laptops around so it'd be nice to have that as Bluetooth too. So I was trying to think, you know, how could I specifically design it so I can scroll through the maps easier and stuff like that. In the end, I think I'll just get used to using the touchpad. But I was contemplating for a little while there building a custom mouse for myself. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm. For the record, I am actually a pretty big fan of modding stuff as well. Like um, I think I told you about the, the camera modification project I want to do because um, real mm. often it's. Um, maybe I look at it from a, a bit of a budget, uh, conscious, uh, side of things. Um, but I, w- when I see something that I could maybe get or do for very cheap and then mod it to be just right for me versus paying a lot more for something that might be a lot newer and more, yeah, more well refined. It's like, I love the idea of just, you know, going the cheap route and being able to mod it and it works great. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, provided it's not something I've invested a lot of money into, I'm more than happy to 
you know, get down there, get my hands dirty with the the thing and and make modifications to it. Also, mm-hmm. I think Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think you had a pretty similar upbringing to what I did, too, where you probably had a lot of time to be bored and be creative and come up with stuff, you know, on your own. Yeah, I was actually going to touch on that. Um, I mean, I don't think uh, we, ours weren't identical. I think you had uh, a- access to a, a more um, uh, a more full sh- workshop uh, than I did, mm. um, which yeah. is something I remember always kind of not necessarily like really wanting but like you know that, that that's something that's that would be great you know to just yeah. be able to have access to all the you know all the equipment to be able to do whatever you wanted to do um mm-hmm. but yeah i mean thinking about you know my growing up like i remember i was always outside um whatever it may be um we, you know i think everyone knows that you know we both like photography and you know, my family had uh, gotten like a DSLR, and when I was only like seven or eight years old, and I would use that all the time, and um, just out there looking around at stuff in nature, and um, also like doing different projects and building things. Um, even up until like recently, when we were living here, I used to uh, make some of those projects that the King of Random would show on his YouTube channel. Um, mm. I made a bunch of Rest those. Rest in peace. Yeah, rip. Um, <laughs> and uh and even just other things like drawing and stuff and um mm-hmm. I just you know all those great things i did and it, it's it's kind of sad because i like look back at that and first of all i'm very you know appreciative that that's what my growing up looked like but i'm also a little sad that in today's day and age it feels impossible to live without technology like back then mm particularly i was a kid so i didn't have um especially being homeschooled i didn't you know my mom was my teacher so i didn't need to you know worry about getting updates from school or you know going into school or anything um you know i had absolutely no need to be tied to the internet or a computer in any way um Mm -hmm. and that you know that was great but like in today it's like it's impossible my school, for example, is all online. I have to do it all online. My mm-hmm. homework is online. Some of my homework, it's like they're like you have to go through and check the little boxes. Like it's not even like something you could print to do by hand. Um, my work, you know, this is, I'm a software developer that's basically like as close to uh, interacting with the computers you can get unless you're building a computer from scratch uh so it's it's crazy and kind of too bad um i really wish it it wouldn't have to be like that but it feels like there's almost no other option i don't know if you can hear me but you're gone do the old wave test the old wave test i think we're back together again uh together Together again That's great. Okay, so I, I didn't hear the last thing he said, but I think you were just ranting more about how your school school is all online. Um, just in general about how I'm, I feel like in this day and age that you're kind of forced to be connected to the computer in some way or another. The Matrix, man. Um, that's a, a movie I need to rewatch again because a lot of what they were saying in the documentary sure sounded like The Matrix. 
They actually said the movie, word folks. Matrix in, in connection with like the movie itself, I think. I remember Destin mentioning it on the on the Notum Questions podcast. I don't remember them mentioning it in the uh, in the the documentary, but I was thinking that had been a perfect comparison. So I thought that they kind of missed out on that uh, reference there. But... It was very fleeting, but I think it was probably mm. a reference. So, despite being physically connected uh, through a port in the back of your <laughs> back of your head, like in the movie. Um, there's a lot of similarities to the movie The Matrix, and if you haven't seen that, folks, I highly recommend checking it out. It's from the late 90s, I think. But um, So, you know, ancient, ancient film for, for a lot of you, but, <laughs> but a very good one that I think uh, applies to our lives today. Um, back to the question of being bored, I think that it's just a hugely useful skill to learn to be able to be bored um a friend of mine brought up um she cuts hair um i think you call her a stylist i think is the word um she brought up how a lot of times she'll cut hair for kids and they can't sit still for you know how however long a haircut takes and like they have to have a phone to play on or games to play on or something like that and you know like little kids and so we were just kind of talking about how growing up we just learned to be bored i guess and to sit still man that's so tragic to even think about i remember people used to compliment my parents all the time on how well behaved we were and i think it was just because they taught us how to be bored and how to sit still and to us it was always like well isn't everybody like this? <laughs> like, you know, if we were honest with ourselves, we didn't think we were very well behaved, but uh, other people seem to think so anyway. So, yeah, I think being bored is a very important thing. Um, you know, if you ever sit down with me somewhere and there's a lull in the conversation, I never pull my phone out. Um, although I will say <laughs> cell phones can be very useful for avoiding conversations with people <laughs> that you really just don't oh, want to talk to. Um, I, I think people use that, uh, very often. I only use it incredibly sparingly, but I, I have, I will admit that I have done it on very rare occasions, but that's one of the most annoying things to me is when I'm talking to somebody and they just pull out their phone and they start looking stuff. It's like, are you even listening to me anymore? Um, I, I'm, but yeah, because of that, I don't have any games on my phone at all. First of all, I just think that they're kind of boring. I never really found any interest in playing games on my phone, but yeah, I just completely uninstalled all of them. I am, uh, I am, I'm definitely guilty of pulling out my phone when I am in a public, uh, space and I don't want to talk to people. And, uh, you could say that I'm introverted because of that, maybe, I, I I personally don't feel like that's uh, justified because I feel like I, I don't have to be introverted um, if I just don't want to talk to people that I've never met before and have no interest in actually talking with. I mean, for example, um, just this past week, I went into went on campus for a, uh, a physics lab and um, I had to wait in line to go into the room because there was some people cleaning the room or something before we could go in. And uh, there's a line of students. And, you know, I was actually the second one there. I just asked the first guy, hey, are you just waiting for, for the lab? And he was like, yeah, the people are in there cleaning. I was like, okay, cool. And uh, I just kind of stepped off to this other side of the hallway. And 
before I knew it, I had pulled out my phone. I don't know what I looked at. I probably checked my emails. I probably checked my Canvas notifications. I probably opened Facebook. But I wasn't even doing it because I felt the need to. I, for one, I don't post on Facebook. I, I don't think I mentioned that. Um, but I, I don't post on Facebook. I know I talked about my Instagram for my photos, um, which I actually am not even doing. Um, but I, I don't post on Facebook, so I don't have that, uh, whatever, I don't know, the, the dopamine hit for, my, for my likes or whatever. To see if, <laughs> check your notifications. Yeah, to yeah. see if I got, I got a like. It, the only reason I pulled it out was because I don't want to make small talk with students. Because, mm. honestly, most of the students I do not want to make friends with. They, not that they're, <laughs> like, so they're horrible people or anything. In fact, there was one guy in the lab that was really nice and I wouldn't mind getting to to know him. But for a lot of the part, they're just people that I just, they're not, they're not going to mesh well with me. They're not the kind of people I want to be around and make friends with and talk with. So I pulled out my phone so that nobody would talk to me, not because Mm -hmm. I needed to do anything on my phone. So I, 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 I feel like I can be, bored if i need to be but like in that situation like i'm definitely gonna pull out my phone so people don't talk to me yeah i'm definitely more introverted i don't enjoy just going up to random people and and making conversation but uh i think i'm pretty good at it um the times when i use my phone is when it's a specific person that i know is just like the most boring person in the world and i know they're <laughs> going to talk about something that i'm just going to want to stab my eyes out with a pencil if i listen to them talk <laughs> that'd so... be like i i know it sounds terrible but there are probably two or three people in the world that are like that that i know that i would definitely pull out my phone to avoid talking to but otherwise in a situation like you're talking about like even though i don't want to make small talk with people i've realized that that's the opportunity to meet new people and maybe find new people that uh, have similar interests to me because i think uh meeting people face to face rather than on a you know common facebook page or something like that i think is hugely important so Mm -hmm. in in that situation i actually try to keep my phone put away and try to make eye contact with people and talk to people and although i do hate small talk in large doses because it's it's meaningless i think it's a good at least as a conversation starter to hopefully lead you somewhere else but yeah uh that's something i always try to avoid is having my phone at all and i would say most people most of my friends if i asked them have you ever seen my phone? Do you even know that I have a phone? Huh. Uh, most of them would probably say that they couldn't point to any proof saying that I actually have a phone, other than we might have texted once or twice to find a location or something. So hmm. I, I'm, I'm kind of proud of that. <laughs> that's that's neat. Um, I, I feel like I want to go back and clarify one more thing about um, like the, the instance about waiting in line for my lab that I, I mentioned. Um Another thing is just that it's that I I know like what students are like. Um mm-hmm. I don't think it matters what school you go to. Students yep. are students, kids are kids of that age. They're they, they act in a certain <laughs> way that I yeah. just I mean it in fact just, just the language they use. It's it's yeah. shocking the like people can't even say like one sentence it seems without throwing in a word that i would not ever want to use and mm. it's it just like i remember it waiting in line someone said that and 
I, I already had my phone out because it's just something I do. And I'm just, I was just like thinking like, you know, I have no interest in like talking with these people. Like, I, yeah. <sighs> yep, yep. I know what you mean. And it's funny because I refer to anybody like three to five years older than me and younger as kids still because I just think of the conversation they make just um, a lot of the times isn't worth engaging with but anyway not to uh, talk about our our opinions of uh, making conversation with people but yeah that's I I certainly know where you're coming from on that and and I thought it was funny that you referred to them as kids because uh, some of them are probably a little bit older than you but yeah as far as their conversation skills they probably still qualify as children anyway not to start talking bad about people this episode is supposed to be about uh, technology and social media and uh, I think that's uh, all I've got to talk about from my notes anyway. Is there anything else you've got to bring up? I feel like, and you know, I know we've had the listeners listening for a while, and if there's anybody still listening, um, that's great. <laughs> um, but I feel like we should conclude with, like, I, you know, just the the documentary, the way it ended, it didn't have, like, a great, like... Um, there wasn't any kind of great call to action like about what can be done other than if you watch the credits there was some of the people that they interviewed um just saying like mm. some things about like you know uh, <laughs> I know we're trying to wrap this up but I thought it was um crazy and also great that um you know a lot of these people that work for these companies don't let their kids use you know any of it mm. which is yeah uh that's great um it's also was surprising to me that um they would still feel uh morally comfortable to work on these apps if they know how bad they are and if they wouldn't want their kids to use them then you know they know that other kids are using them so anyways um well, I thought a lot of the people had left those companies, and that's why they were talking about this stuff, because they they felt that the stuff was ethically wrong. Hmm. A lot of them would talk about being, they were a former CEO of this company, or former head of this or that for that company. Yeah, so, maybe, I guess. Who knows, maybe they're, maybe they're still in the technology world, I don't know, but they made it seem like most of them had left the company because of ethical concerns. Hmm. I, I guess, yeah, okay, um... That would make sense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, they did in the credits, they were kind of saying, like, things you can do, like, whatever, delete your delete your social media apps, don't, you know, don't take your phone to bed, have cutoff times, limit your screen time, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm just trying to think about, like, well, after watching this, what am I going to do differently? And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a thing that I feel like it's going to take a little while to analyze and because thinking about my own usage it's like i do feel like i have it under control but i also you know want to do everything i can do to improve it um and you know it's hard because i feel like you know i i I feel like my facebook is the only way i can connect with certain people and that you know people that i've met in real life but don't live nearby anymore and i want to stay connected with and um so yeah, so it is hard. Um hmm. 
I will say some of the changes I definitely will make. Um, I I talked about my Instagram that I'd started for my photos. I don't really have any interest in doing that anymore. Um, I plan on getting rid of that, and I'll go back to putting my photos on Flickr, um, which I still think... Isn't Instagram, at least currently, owned by Facebook? It is, yeah. Well, there you go. I, the, the conspiracy <laughs> thickens. <laughs> I, well, you could think of, you could think of that as me deleting half my Facebook. How about that? Pretty much. Either the world is half of the world, the technology world is owned by Google, and the other half is owned by Facebook. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of small companies in there, but you know, do they really account for much? Sorry. Anyway, back to what you were saying. So I think I'm going to delete my Instagram. I'm going to go mm-hmm. back to putting my photos on Flickr. Whether I make those, I probably will make them public. Simply because, like I was saying, you know, if I'm talking with someone in real life, I want, and people ask about what I do, and I'm like, oh, well, you know, I, I take pictures, like, sometimes, and I'm like, <laughs> I want I want to, you know, I want to be able to show them, you know? Yeah. And uh, I do own my own domain names and could build my own website, but I still have not gotten around to that. So the best I have right now, mm. I think, is putting them on an existing platform like Flickr. And I think Flickr is great because it's not... Yes, you can. I think you can like favorite a photo or something, but it's uh it it is it does not feel like Instagram. Instagram is like it, it's awful in my opinion. I I feel like it's filled with either people's selfies or um mm. highly altered uh photos, you know, of other yeah. things. <laughs> you know, the selfies yeah. are altered too, but like um you know, people would like even in the documentary. People would rather like your people like your photo if it's got a filter on it, even if it's just a landscape. And um, mm. people, you know, I, I feel like they 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 process their photos to the extent that they don't no longer look natural. And I do process my photos because I shoot raw, but I, I try to process them in a way that does look natural, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, so I, I don't feel like it's the right platform for me. And uh, so that's one change I'm going to make. And um, like, you know, as far as like uh, we kind of briefly talked about, like uh, getting solid, true information from books, I want to I want to, you know, try to build a collection of good books and mm-hmm. read more because that's always been a thing I've you know, even growing up, I would rather be outside or make something with my hands and sit down and read a book. Um, mm. And uh, but you know, I, I do kind of want to change that because I feel like, um, you know, if I if I'm ever reading something online, I you know, that that could be me reading a book. And I think, uh, mm-hmm. and I think, um, you know, I could get you know better um, information from a book. And uh, yeah, so. I think in general, it's just really a matter of um, being very careful with, uh, you know, the time that we've been given and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, making sure we use it wisely. So, yeah, those are my thoughts. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, the, I, the only thing I would say as far as my use goes, I, like I said, the only social media I really used anyway was Facebook um, and you know, I didn't. I was very dissatisfied with uh, Facebook to begin with. So I really didn't use it a whole lot, although I used it more than I wanted to. Um, although probably like 
wouldn't even be a blip on the radar for most people's uh, Facebook use because, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, people spend hours and hours a day. I would spend maybe an hour. Actually, it might have crept up to two hours by the time I was all, was all said and done with the, you know, once during, maybe two or three times that I would check it. So I've completely and totally stopped using Facebook. The only thing I use it for now is uh, just the messenger for the people who only use messenger as their means of communication. Otherwise, I'd prefer to just use email or text with people, but that's their preferred method. That's what I'll use. And I just check it usually once or twice a day to see if anybody's messaged me. And other than that, I am not on Facebook anymore. I don't scroll through anything. <sighs> I did. I don't post anything. I, I've really never posted much of anything to begin with, but uh, certainly not anymore. Um, and again, it's not that Facebook is all bad. It's just that there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that people don't realize. And something they brought up on the No Dumb Questions podcast was just how technology has changed so drastically, but our the way our minds process stuff uh, hasn't changed over the years or hasn't uh-huh. evolved, so to speak, to combat this new problem. Uh-huh. And so our minds are so easily sucked into the, the technology. And you, you just can't compete with the machine learning, you know, yeah. so... Even if most people were aware of what was going on, I don't think most people think it's a problem necessarily, uh-huh. unfortunately, because they don't see the effects, at least not directly related to Facebook. They may see the effects, but not realize that they're caused by Facebook or whatever social media. So, yeah, um, I recently did a talk to some teens about, um, it was actually about, um, you know, how the Bible talks about loving our neighbors, but then not only our neighbors, but our enemies as well, uh-huh. and how... I brought up how social media has created enemies out of our neighbors. And if we just put away our social media and went and actually talked to our neighbors face-to-face, we'd realize we're not actually that different. And a lot of the divisions and rifts that have been caused were caused by social media. And uh, so my encouragement to them was to put down your social media for a week. Just completely get off all social media for a week and see how much happier you are uh, at the end of that week so i don't know if anybody took me up on the challenge i told them to uh let me know if they did and nobody has contacted me so far but then i don't use social media so (laughs) that's the way that they would have contacted me because i haven't seen any of them face to face since then so uh i'll be interested to hear if anybody does that but uh, that'd be my encouragement to anybody out there who's using uh, social media on a regular basis um, we know my grandma listens, and I don't think she's addicted to <laughs> social media. So good job on you, Grandma. Um, but we don't know if anybody else listens. I'm assuming a good chunk of the other people would be addicted to social media. So um, mm-hmm. to those people, I'm going to say, you know, put it down for a week and see how much better your life gets. Talk to your neighbors. Don't pull out your phone when you're standing in line. Talk to the people around you. And that's, uh, and I guess, all I've got to say. And also, I'm going to say recommend to those people who are taking up on the challenge um try to use that opportunity to do something um that maybe you've been putting off or something because Mm. um based on the scary stats from that documentary i think someone said that they like spent like six hours or something on instagram which is insane i don't Mm. even know how that's possible um yeah but you're obviously gonna have a lot of time so um also Get outside and uh, enjoy the world because it's beautiful out there. I thought that was a great, uh, great ending from that guy. So, uh. mm. yeah, the I, I not to keep piling on more and more to the end of this, but <laughs> that was an analogy that I used in my talk was like 
we see the world through social media now because everybody gets their news through social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one of the problems with free news is that they're going to show you what uh, they think you want to see. So you keep looking to see the ads uh-huh. versus if you were paying for it, they wouldn't have to show you the ads. And so they could report more of whatever's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd still have the problem of people wanting to or not buy your product in the first place. But um Everybody gets their news through social media nowadays, and I liken that to looking out a dirty window and how you look out a dirty window and everything outside looks dirty. Um, But it's only once you actually get outside and meet the people out there you realize uh, things are actually pretty nice out there. You know, people aren't actually fighting with each other uh, as much as social media would like you to believe. So That's good. Yeah, that's one of my closing thoughts. So uh, if you like the episode, go ahead and like us on Facebook and Twitter. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. If you listen to a previous episode, you'll know that uh, (laughs) we're not on Facebook anymore and we haven't created a uh, Twitter account. So don't do that. However, we do have an email address. And I think email is pretty safe. So our email address is enthusiasticwitter at gmail.com. This is our 14th episode, folks, and we still haven't got a single listener email. So... You know, get on top of that. We want to hear from you. Um, put down your social media and let us know how it went. And also, uh, if you haven't watched this documentary, go watch it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, we never mentioned the name, except maybe we'll throw it in the, the intro. The, the documentary is called uh, The Social Dilemma. It's on Netflix. I actually did not have a Netflix account or any streaming service account Um uh, to begin with but i actually specifically signed up just so that i could watch this documentary and it was worth it it's like what 12 or 14 bucks for a month or something like that yeah yeah watched a couple other movies on there but uh, mostly i signed up for this documentary and it was well worth it so it's only an hour and a half long and if you figure all the time you spend on facebook every day uh an hour and a half is nothing you know so you sit go. down and, and watch the social dilemma without your phone in your hand <laughs> or leave your phone there leave it just out of reach and then count how many times you try to get up to check your phone throughout the documentary Ooh, i like that there you go all right well thanks for listening everybody and tune in next time for more if not necessarily well educated at least uh enthusiastically discussed yep uh content all right again thanks for listening and tune in next time bye folks. bye now wait you could have told me this dude i, I tried to put it to you a little kinder Several times before. Okay. Since when have we let kindness get in the way of facts between ourselves? Ah, that's true. I'm sorry that I let that slip. Yeah, you better apologize for that one. (laughs) (laughs) That, you can't, that's not, you can't just open with that question. That is way too open-ended for this. Um, are, are we actually, the audience is listening right now?